Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Hearing in Colour with me, Matt Simon. This one's going to get weird, so strap in. So the Theosophy Society, try saying that, was started by Madame Blavatsky in the late Victorian period. She'd written a book called The Secret Doctrine. They got together to study spiritual ideas and to spread the message. The word esoteric means intended for or likely to be understood by only a small number of people with a specialised knowledge or interest. Uh, another word describing this society was occult, and occult really just means hidden, or things that are hidden. They claim to have developed what we'd call uh, psychic powers, and things like clairvoyance, which is clear seeing, uh, clairaudience, which is hearing. So with all these abilities, they would study a lot of ancient texts and channel ideas through, and there are some books, and people follow these teachings today. So these were based on ancient Indian knowledge and spiritual knowledge from around the world. So let's start with energy. So there are many forms of energy within the human body. There is electrical energy, sound energy, heat, uh, light is coming off. So energy is being emitted in various forms. And I believe there are other forms which are yet to be scientifically recognized and measured. So if we consider the vitality of the body, the energy, the chi, the prana, as it's described around different parts of the world, this energy is like a life force and every living being and every living object has this energy. Now the studies said that there are different levels in frequency of this energy and these can be related to the chakras. So what are the chakras? Well, the word comes from Sanskrit, generally meaning wheel, and if these are often represented as flowers or spinning wheels when viewed head on. And there's another awesome book called Hands of Light by Barbara Ann Brennan, which is all about energy healing. And there's some beautiful illustrations in there and it's really, really good to just see how things are visually represented. It really makes a lot more sense than someone just talking about spinning wheels and things. So the chakras, if you look at them head on, it looks like a spinning wheel. But if you look from an angle, it's more of a cone. And some people believe these are used to metabolize energy on different frequencies. We need to take in food uh, for our bodies, but I also believe that you generally absorb the vitality from the food. Um, and that's the main source of uh, nutrition rather than the chemicals. Although, of course, they are required. There are different systems of categorizing these, but uh, the more modern consensus is that the seven are related to the colors of the rainbow. And the first one is known as the root chakra. Around the perineum of the gooch, uh, just around your junk, that's red and connected to very earthy things. Moving up to where it's called the dantin in Chinese, it's below the belly button, your center of gravity. This is referred to as the sacral chakra, is associated with orange, and things like sexuality and creativity. Moving up to the solar plexus is the often called the solar plexus chakra. That's a yellow golden color and is associated with uh, will. Moving up is the heart, that's number four, and it's in the middle, so it's associated with balance and also love. That's the color green, but also pink. Then next one up is the throat chakra, and that is a pale blue, and that's associated with communication. Uh, the third eye is in the middle of your brow, which is associated with the colour indigo and perception. And then on the top is a crown, the violet, which is associated with spiritual connection. 
All well and good, but where did the colours come from? Some people have linked the colours to the notes of the scale. So they used C major, I guess, why not? So the root chakra is C, and that's a red, and then moving up, uh, the D is orange, E, yellow, F, green, G, a light blue, A, purpley blue, and then B is violet. Some people also associate vowel sounds with these chakras, and we use these in a meditation to balance the chakras out. Uh, from the lower, the root, which is connected to physical health, grounding, and the more sort of base things, uh, that is U, second up U, then O, R, I, A, E. So the vowel sound is getting progressively lighter as you go up. Now I tried to write some music with this uh, for meditation, and what I did was a seven minute block of music. So the first was in the key of C, and I used the vocal sound U to tune into that frequency, and then wrote some harmonies around the key of C. Then the next part was in the key of D, and so progressively going up using a lighter texture in the music and then a lighter vowel sound. So this seven minute meditation hopefully should make you feel energized, relaxed and more balanced. And I'll put this at the end of the podcast so you can have a listen to that and I'd be really keen to see what you think. So that might relax and recharge you or it may just have a placebo effect because you could get that similar effect from any piece of music, right? So this could be completely true or just the ravings of a lunatic. But it could be an interesting way to write some music, although it feels a little bit forced because you're told these are the colours and these are this is how it works. Whereas for a lot of people with synesthesia, they they sort of wing it on their own terms. They perceive what they perceive. Although interestingly, red is at the lower end of the frequency spectrum when it comes to visible light. If you go to a shorter wavelength, you get infrared, which is heat, and we can't see that. And when you go all the way up to violet and then beyond that, ultraviolet, again, we can't see that. So the red is the lower frequency and then the purple is the highest frequency with the rainbow stretched in between. So how does this relate to colours and music? Well, let's take a look back at the Hands of Light book by Barbara Brennan. It's basically a manual for energy healing. It's amazing. So this might sound like lunacy, but... If we look at the Chinese and Indian history of this, um, for yoga, for example, they call the energy force prana. And so in the meditation and the yoga, they're generally looking to increase the vitality flowing through the body. And then this is referred to as prana. In Chinese arts like Tai Chi um, and Qigong, for example, these are the softer style, so again, movements and breathing, and the breath is very important to absorb that vitality into you. And then with the martial arts and the harder end of that, they'll use it to charge themselves up to do the moves. And I'm sure you've seen demonstrations of things like Shaolin monks, where they're taking spears to the chest and stuff being broken on them. And what they do is they move their energy around so it becomes concentrated at that spot, so it can fortify that part of the body. So yoga and Shaolin, generally more accepted in the Western world, and people see, well, yep, there's empirical evidence doing yoga does make you feel a bit better, and some of these martial arts guys, yeah, it could be physical resistance, but they do some crazy stuff, so there must be something in it. If we then look at our own language, uh, how we speak about how people are feeling and how we relate to them, some of the words and phrases that are used are unintentionally extremely accurate. You might describe someone as radiant or blooming or if they walk into the room they've got a very dominant aura 
Conversely, if someone's feeling a bit ill, they might be feeling drained, especially after talking to someone. What people are generally doing is, without realising, I think, is they're describing um, how their aura feels or how other people's are and how uh, they relate to people. Some people might describe it as glittering or, oh, she sparkles, but no one sparkles physically because they're not made out of metal or glitter unless you put it on your body. But people do seem to sense that in other people. And I can't really paraphrase a book in of that magnitude in just a few sentences, but essentially everyone has uh, an energy field with different layers of frequencies. And if you are sick, you're out of balance and the colours are blurred or there could be like tears in the energy bubble around you. So a healer will repair that and also basically recharge you. And they don't recharge you from their own energy because that would make them very sick and ill. They would open themselves up as a channel and basically charge someone up like a battery so then afterwards both the healer and the patient are feeling charged and balanced. According to the book there are seven different levels of energy related to the aura and then there's some others on top. The first level is the etheric level and this is very closely linked to the physical body and vitality. The next level up is known as the emotional body and that is represented as a sort of pastel colour cloudy bubble less defined the third level is represented as a gold uh, wireframe model this is the mental body where you have all your emo your mental activity after that we have the astral body which is where you can form connections to other people and layer number five is the etheric template this is again like a blue wireframe model and is a blueprint for everything in the body we then have the celestial and cathartic levels the odd numbers seem to be more structured and the even numbers are more nebulous. These are ever more increasingly subtle vibrational layers. Now how does all this relate to thought forms and shapes? Well basically the, they're represented as these colourful bubbles surrounding you but they're actually moving. Um, they describe in the book as they move like boiling water. So the colours represent different emotions and thoughts. Now this is very interesting because it appears to build on the work from a book published by the Theosophical Society called Thought Forms and this was published in 1901 by Annie Besson and C.W. Leadbeater. We are in the physical world which is three-dimensional, the third dimension. If you go up to another level you're in the fourth dimension and this is referred to as the astral plane. Spirits, flying, energy, colours, all that good business. So this is where all this happens. So when people are seeing colours, they're not necessarily seeing it in front of them, they're seeing it in their mind's eye. Perhaps they are experiencing a high level of perception into this astral plane. So they're quite specific in this book. It's not saying, oh, the colour C is red and I think that this colour is blue. They give very specific colours for the energy forms of certain emotions. So every person's aura or energy has a sort of base resting colour and then emotions are displayed as other energy forms arising out of this. And it's very interesting that we consider things like anger, like red, black colours, but um, in the aura you'd actually see these. Uh, in the aura, like the aura would change colour like clouds around someone. So these thought forms would be these energy forms coming out of people in different colours according to the emotions and the thoughts. Now this might sound very weird, but think about a comic book or a cartoon. There's a thought bubble and if someone is glaring, like staring daggers at someone, that's 
essentially the same thing because they're saying if you are aggressive towards someone actually parts of your aura is spiky towards someone and the idea of a thought form of something swirling around your head there are three general principles which are very important to the book I said number one the quality of the thought determines color the nature of the thought determines form and the definiteness of thought determines clearness of outline so for an example if you're having lustful thoughts but not so much it might be like a dark red murky color and because it was a vague one it'd be more like a vague cloud but if you had uh, a noble intellectual thought then there would be uh, a bright yellow and very clearly outlined and we also describe this as well as focus I feel I can feel or perceive this uh, level of intelligence in someone if someone is drunk or a very young child their mind is like a cloud sort of swirling around the head but if someone is very very intelligent um, a friend of mine springs to mind uh, it's got a laser like focus and it does seem like the the energy from their mind is much more focused and clearly defined time for a quick ad do you like free money who doesn't sign up today for a free crypto.com debit card and you and I get $25 each also you get between 1 and 8% cash back in crypto link in the show notes okay so I'm gonna to have to describe the pictures as podcasting is not a visual medium but this is very very interesting so the first one they have vague pure affection so what color would you think would be affection this one is pink so that makes sense for love uh, vague affection so it looks like a pink cloud but like a candy floss or cotton candy if you're in the US and a vague selfish affection is a dirtier darker pink then uh, next drawing is definite affection and it's a pink uh, circle oval but with a very very clearly defined edge and the next one, uh, radiating affection, it looks like a spiky ball, like a sea urchin, but it's pink. So there's the center of mass in the middle, but it's radiating out. And again, that word radiating, we we tune into that quite um, intuitively when describing things. Peace and protection, there is uh, a yellow circle, looks like a shell with some pink wings coming off the side of that. Um, not going to go through all of these. Uh, devotion, we have uh, it's a pale blue and it's a pale blue cloud. That's a vague religious feeling. And we have um, an upward rush of devotion, uh, more for a, a in a spiritual sense. And it's basically like a, a pointy cone, like a wizard's hat, but dark blue pointing up. And then the response to devotion, this is quite an interesting one. So uh, this is the energies coming from spiritual levels above that looks like icicles uh, coming down rushing towards to meet it we have self-renunciation and this looks like a, a blue flower literally shaped like a flower now intellect uh, we have vague intellectual pleasure this looks like a, a brassy cloud uh, it's a yellow then the intention to know there are some looks like well-defined uh, yellow-orange worms and um, one is coiled like a spring and high ambition there's a orange circle orange oval with a clear outline and then orange hooks grasping and selfish ambition looks like a sun uh, it's like a duller yellow orange and the spokes coming off are curved like hooks
anger. Now, this is very interesting. There is sustained anger, which is uh, a red pointy spike pointing downwards, and then murderous rage, so the the energy that would be around someone's head or their emotions, how, how would it feel? According to these guys, it's literally a black cloud with red lightning in, which seems, you know, very fit, and that's the sort of thing, again, in comic strips, if someone is really angry, there'd be like a little cloud with lightning, but that's suggests that we're intuitively seeing these thought forms on the energy level. Next one, explosive anger, it basically looks like a red and orange firework. And then watchful jealousy, uh, it's a green tentacle. And interesting green because you'd associate the color green with envy according to um, pop culture and literature. And then angry jealousy, it looks like a dirty gray cloud with some red tentacles coming out. Greed. Now this is an interesting one. Uh, it looks a bit like a, a dirty brown grey squid. So there's a, a curved body part and then hooks with tentacles on the ends. And the next one says greed for drink. So you, apparently your aura would look like this. It's a, a dark dirty red cloud and they have red hooks on the side look like um, octopus tentacles. Uh, now this next one is very interesting. It's showing the same emotions presented in different ways. So they said um, there's been a car crash, a street accident, and someone was knocked down and slightly injured by a passing vehicle. So these two form thought forms were generated, and it's exactly the same colours, but they're completely different. So the bottom one looks like planet Earth, but the seas are pink. So it's a cloudy ball with some green and pink. So there's the affection, or rather the sympathy and empathy for the person. Oh no, what's going on? And but in the top diagram is someone who is already rushing forward to help. So this is a man of action and it's a green disc bordered with a pink circle. So it's the same emotions but more clearly defined and with much more thought and focus going into it. The next one, this is really interesting. So it's called At a Funeral and it's demonstrating, I mean the whole book is to educate people on how their thoughts are and the pros and cons of basically watching your emotions and how you are. So this one is at a funeral and it's showing that someone has the advanced spiritual knowledge and so their emotions are much brighter because they're feeling well the body goes the spirit goes on and this is not necessarily a sad occasion. So their emotions appear like a pink and blue wizard's hat with a green brim and there's yellow stars coming up the top. Now the person on the right, <coughs> who is obviously sad for the person who's died, is a very dark grey cloud and there look, looks like a grey fishing hook underneath it. Now the next section is forms in music. So what they've done as a control is they've drawn a picture of a church and they said that the top of the spire is 100 feet high and different forms of music are being played and they get progressively bigger and bigger. Now they don't say which piece of music it is, but uh, I think they're implying from the first one that it's some gentle choir music. So above the church tower it looks like four stacks of Pringles, and then if you imagine a pink biro draws a circle around those, or like an up, a hot air balloon shape connecting the top of the church tower, and then progressively more um, outlines spreading out, and that goes roughly two or three times the height of the tower. Now the next piece of music looks like um, it looks like someone's been eating crayons and has been sick in a pile. Basically, um, there's a much higher 
glob. It looks a bit like a hot air balloon um, that's been attached to the top of the church, um, but using many, many different colours of fabric. So it's generally a gold colour and there's squiggles of green, there's pink and blue and some orange and red in there. Uh, looks a bit like pepperoni slices on a pizza. And what they've said there is that the forms are not as clear, but um, this is because the uh, performer or the music has just finished and the music is still hanging in the air, a bit like smoke from a candle. Now the third one is a huge towering stack of colour and this is Wagner and Wagner wrote uh, very big pieces of music like uh, Ride of the Valkyries that kind of thing so um, this it looks like mountain ranges uh, there's uh, some blue and pink looks like on the base and then there's like a red spire it looks a bit like a Lord of the Rings um, scene but in pastel colours so these two people were saying that they used their developed clairvoyant abilities to look at the basically the energy frequency of the auras around us and this is what the emotions look like and this is what music looks like this is far from verifiably scientifically true but it's very interesting that these things uh, which they were saying over a hundred years ago do naturally fit into our ways of speaking someone's radiant ah oh, blue murder he was in the blackest mood there's also a line from a terry pratchett book there's one of the characters who'd had um a new baby and he said tough day at work and then when he walked into his son's bedroom his world went pink which i thought was a nice way of uh, describing that so this book mainly focusing on emotions and music which are two subjects very closely linked and a big subject to this podcast uh, but they've written some other ones and I'll have to find them. There's, they described the the shapes of sounds as well, which is quite interesting. Like uh, when a train comes into a station, like the screeching of the brakes is like um, almost like a scythe, like it can cut through someone's energy. Uh, barking of a dog was like um, little thorns, uh, spikes coming out. And uh, cow's moo, apparently it was like, uh, it's brown and it's like basically like a block of wood falling out of the mouth. But it's interesting that the way we speak our vocabulary and our impressions of energy and music seems to have this consensus agreement that there is at least some form, if we don't agree on the form or the colour, but people seem to agree that things that we can't see but we can perceive, they are there in some way. This doesn't explain why some people feel that Wednesday is red or the number four is blue, but these uh, thoughts, colours, forms and music links, uh, maybe there's something in it. You can find us Hearing in Colour on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube where you can find pictures and links. If you'd like to earn money with no effort at all simply by having your phone on, the data is being sold around the world anyway and the Tapestry app helps you take a cut. Link in the show notes. As promised, here is the meditation music. So sit back and relax, close your eyes, and you may feel tingling, vibrations gradually traveling up the body. You may feel nothing. Hopefully feel relaxed and energized afterwards.
Ooh, mm-hmm.